1: It is March 25th, 2022. We're living in the future, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Restless Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa Tonight, the two of us hanging out. Issa can't make it this evening. Uh, We hope she's doing well. And we're going to talk about SmackDown, about Rampage. And Alfred, let's get in to the biggest news story in all of professional wrestling right now. Triple H, the confirmation today that his in-ring career is done and his health scare much more serious than yeah. was speculated upon
0: and indeed it was a scare i mean if there's anything more than a health scare maybe you even call it that but early this morning it was announced that triple h should be appearing not on first take but this did air on first take uh, it was done during a show called stephen a's world which uh they aired a longer interview i believe tonight i haven't had the chance to check that out but they showed the meat of the interview he aired on uh uh, first take this morning and uh triple h really kind of going into detail in a short clip but going into a lot of pretty grim detail about what his cardiac event was we've always understood it to be a cardiac event there have been whispers that it's a very serious thing and it was far more serious than i think anybody imagined because triple h talked about having viral pneumonia coughing up blood he had uh, fluids that was in his lungs and his heart Uh, he talked about his injection fraction which uh, is supposed to be anywhere from 55 to 75%. He said it on 60% is what it's supposed to be, but he said it got down to as low as 12%. He was essentially on death's door wow. and his heart condition nose dive. And he was in a position where he didn't know if he could wake up next to his daughter. So really for something so early in the morning here on the West coast to just, I really, I'm just waking up uh, looking at all this stuff and very, very kind of grim things to begin the morning. And Triple H said, Quite frankly, that he's done wrestling. He will never wrestle again, where his exact words to Stephen A. Smith. So, I mean, I don't think anybody expected him to wrestle just based on the whispers alone of this cardiac event, knowing that Triple H has a defibrillator in his heart. And uh, that's its own risk in terms of wrestling on television and having it zapped. He is done. In the ring. I uh, you know you, people just get to never say never people, but I really hope I never see another Triple H match ever again. And it doesn't look like we will be seeing it. So, uh, the interesting story, and I think moving forward, is going to be what is Triple H's role going to be backstage, not only for the juicy gossip, but I think also because. With his health, what can he do backstage? What is his role going to be? Because a lot of people saw him as an heir apparent. Uh, who knows if that's even in the cards anymore, but what's important is his health. Uh, Triple H retired officially. Glenn, what do you think about all this? I mean, look, the
1: headline, knowing the full story, is that Triple H is alive. This was treated. He's taking it day by day, but it sounds like he's he's living with this and hopefully on the road to recovery. I think, to me, that's the headline. That's the most important thing. I think a lot of stuff makes sense, Right now, um, as far as his complete hands-off nature with NXT and turning that over, and even the fact that he did this uh, with Stephen A. Smith today, and this wasn't an in-ring promo, um, I'm going to wildly speculate that his relationship with WWE is probably a little strained and more uncertain at this point, given given everything that's happened.
0: I would say that this is not the type of promo I would want on television or, sure, sure, or sure. not just based on all the stuff he said. I think he would kill a crowd real quick with um, stuff like this, um, having to retire based on all this graphic detail that he went into in terms of what he went through.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying he should have said all of this in the ring, but I'm saying that the way that uh, he is, uh, to borrow a phrase, controlling his own narrative with this news is very not WWE. Is, is what I'm saying, is that this is Triple H's decision and this is how he's getting it out there. Um Just interesting, man. I mean, you know, what a career in the ring. I think, regardless of, of what he did in the ring as a performer, I think the impact that he has had behind the scenes has really helped reshape what modern wrestling is. You know, for, for better or worse, what he did with NXT changed – the landscape of, of the main roster had he not had that success i don't think aew would have been taken as seriously mm-hmm. um i mean well you know i don't mean to be talking about him like he, like he's past here but i'm saying that i think he still has a lot to offer this business if that's the direction he wants to go in and i don't know i'm i'm again i'm glad he's okay him not wrestling anymore i feel like he was nearing probably a retirement age anyhow what i think um Health aside, uh, my disappointment here is what, how much role, control, and influence does he want or does he have in the future of WWE? Because I think that it's, it's sorely missed.
0: Yeah, and that's always going to be kind of a murky story with Triple H, and that's always going to be left to speculation because WWE keeps that stuff tight to the vest. But just from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people can glean from what they've seen. Uh, in the Nick Khan era, and suggest that Triple H has definitely lost power in WWE, and you know I'm not even blaming Nick Khan. I'm just saying the way things are going right now with NXT 2.0 largely being under Vince McMahon, a lot of his confidants in terms of the corporate front offices have been let go. Was this because Triple H is losing power, which was kind of going on before all this happened, or yeah. is this now being done because they know well we're going to have to adjust to a new corporate WWE, given the fact that Triple H's duties are going to have to be scaled back? So we're seeing a. A lot of people, whether it was producers like Brian James, whether it was his um, confidants in the front office, we're seeing a lot of them let go in terms of all these mass releases, and them planning for life without Triple H. So I'm very curious because, to your point, he's a brilliant wrestling mind. He's somebody who really does know what, uh, especially today's more hardcore fan, who is not always the best judge of character uh, for modern-day professional wrestling, but he does know what the people left watching and knows what they want out of professional wrestling and he does know how to give it to them. And uh, I really do think that his mind is very valuable as long as he's healthy enough to contribute. Well, I would also say,
1: and and this is rightfully so and completely understandable, I mean, take aside the money he's made both in terms of you know stock and compensation and then his marriage. But even put that aside, if you have a health scare, I mean, he had like the Widowmaker heart attack uh, or with the Widowmaker scenario mm-hmm. for a heart attack, history of heart disease, of multiple, his father, grandfather, great-grandfather. Um, even if you haven't set yourself up for financial security, you get in a situation like this, nothing else matters except getting better and getting through this. But I could also see based on that, early rumblings of the nxt 2.0 pressure when this came up or he's just like you know what fine vince this is what you want This is, like i have more important things to deal with like these are my priorities not trying to uh you know deal with this imaginary feud you're having with AEW.
0: Yeah, and you look at something like this and you bring up Vince McMahon, it just kind of makes you wonder how the hell Vince is still able to do this at such an advanced age in terms of now that, you know, we're seeing WWE grow its company bigger than it ever has, really, and Vince McMahon, the buck still stops with him, and you just see a health issue like this, and it really reminds you that WWE still does not really have a succession plan, and they really do need to think about one, because even the quote-unquote heir apparent to Vince McMahon seems to have now have... Um, some type of health issues and they're going to need to come up with a plan because this is a very stressful job and this could happen to anybody
1: i think vince doesn't think he's ever uh you know vince don't thinks he's ever he's ever stopping
0: i know he doesn't i know for a fact that he doesn't think he's ever gonna die he's gonna die in the chair and, and that's all fine and good motivationally but for wall street it's <laughs> could leave this company in a tough position if some, you know, and we don't want to really speculate about anything like that, but it's very feasible that this company needs to have at least a backup plan in terms of, and hopefully internally, maybe they do. Maybe they have a plan moving forward for um, what they would do if anything would happen to Vince.
1: Alfred, I figured it out.
0: Let's go. I was
1: watching uh, the movie Dream a Little Dream last night, perhaps the worst film of the 80s with the two Corries and Jason Robards. Now in the film, Jason Robards is convinced the true transcendental uh, meditation, he can live forever by transferring his consciousness into the young Corey Feldman, uh, much in the same way like uh, the Steve Martin Lily Tomlin film All of Me, she's going to transfer her consciousness. I think Vince is yeah. grooming and prepping Austin Theory for mm. a transfer, uh, you know, like a body swap.
0: The and new that's how he thinks. Parent.
1: Yeah, that's how he thinks that he's going to uh, live forever.
0: So that's what he's doing with all those selfies. Is Maybe that's just like a transfer, like he's downloading data that we don't see. And that's what's going to be valuable for when he takes over.
1: He's got like a spiritual advisor. Uh, They've got a plan. And Vince is going to transfer his consciousness into Austin and uh, run this company forever. We've we've solved the
0: great mystery. I never thought about it that way, but it makes complete sense. It's a solid storyline. Real or not, that's that's a solid story. Yeah. Uh, An Austin Theory power struggle. I think he's close enough to Vince right now, storyline-wise, where we're probably eventually going to see an Austin Theory power struggle, and that's what's going to get him over.
1: Yeah, um, but no, look, I'm just glad Triple Triple H is okay. Yeah. NXT 2.0 is what it is. Triple H, I think, um, you know, he's not going to compete in the ring again, but he's not done with this business.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I hope he's not done with the business. He still has a lot to offer. Um, hopefully he gets to 100% and then they can take it from there. But uh, best wishes to Triple H. I'm going to be very curious to see the full interview because they did air like three minutes, probably the most important couple of minutes of that interview. But there's still more. I think it's a 15 minute interview. So very curious to see um, what else they talked about. Yeah. Uh, so what's going What else is going on? Well, WWE reportedly is very high on Ethan Page. Ethan Page recently signed an extension with AEW. Me and Justin LaBar were talking about this on the Wednesday podcast. and We actually brought up the fact that we felt that Ethan was more of the WWE mold. Because he hasn't really gotten off and running in AEW. And, you know, right on cue, it looks like uh, Andrew Zarian of Matman saying that a lot of people internally in WWE really like Ethan Page. Uh, he's not going to WWE anytime soon, at least I don't think, uh, in terms of him signing this uh, extension. We don't know how long it is, but um, AEW has him walked up. And he is a talent. Um, what do you think he could do in WWE, uh, Glenn? Uh,
1: you know, I feel like WWE is really crowded at the B plus level right now, and that's no disrespect to his talents, but who do they have that's even at the A level? I feel like it's it's right. Roman and Brock,
0: and, and then they got Cody. all these other guys. You know, yeah. But the, well, is, do you think Cody's going to be at the Roman Brock level? I do. He has to be. This is this is essentially WWE's the Los Angeles Rams right now. They can't win a Super Bowl in house because they didn't draft well. They didn't build up their talent well enough. So they have to do it through free agency. And guys like Cody coming in just—they're ha- rebuilding the roster because they don't have any part timers. And I think a guy like Cody, there's no choice but to be a top star. And if he's not, they're gonna have some of the same problems. But Brock Lesnar comes from multiple
1: sports backgrounds with fan bases in the millions. Cody comes from a rival company in the same industry with the fan base max of 2 million people that, you know what I mean? Like they're only getting best case scenario, a few hundred thousand extra eyeballs through Cody on WWE.
0: Yes, but relatively speaking, in terms of the wrestling business, it's a big deal to WWE. WWE sure. is very much aware of AEW. You know, they, they, they know that they're in a wrestling war and they love. And this will actually bring us into our next story and our final story in terms of Cody Rhodes is Russell WrestleVotes reported that WWE, uh, a couple of high level officials want Cody Rhodes to be in WWE as AEW Cody Rhodes. They want the visual that Cody has left AEW and come to WWE. So we're not going to get a name change. He's not going to be Cody McGillicuddy. He's not going to be shaved bald. They're not going to cover up the neck tattoo. He, uh, it looks like people with influence in WWE have suggested to Vince McMahon that this man, Cody Rhodes, needs to come in the same way he left AEW. Um, and, and that tells me that WWE, you know, obviously looks at AEW as as competition. It looks at Cody Rhodes signing with WWE as a big deal again. Well, I think he's still going to have the blonde hair and the neck tattoo. Yes.
1: I don't think he should do the Star Trek entrance again. That was, I mean, I'm a dork, but that was kind of dorky.
0: Yeah, that'll be that'll be weird, uh, entrance, especially in WWE, uh, especially because we're so used to the Undertaker doing stuff like that. And um, I don't know, uh, but we'll see. I think that idea is—I I like the idea from the standpoint of this being a wrestling war and then kind of trolling AEW. But it would be nice to see a wrinkle or two with uh, Cody Rhodes. I loved his dash and Cody Rhodes theme music. I think it's some of the greatest—the uh, original one, greatest theme music yeah. ever. And I, you know, I was kind of hoping they'd go back to that, but we'll see.
1: I mean, does he still have the throne? He can come in on that.
0: Oh, my God. Well, a little too soon now. You That's know, you don't true. want to do that in light of what's happened. But, you know, Triple H news aside, that could have Oh, what
1: fired. if it's all work? I hate to say this. What if it's all work? We're going to get <laughs>
0: Triple H versus Cody for the <laughs> throne. The oh, my God. This is the beginning of Rusty. Now you're going to start these WrestleMania rumors. All these people are going to think that Triple H isn't really retired. <laughs> this is
1: what I hate about this business, right? Yeah. Is that, like, you could have – like the worst news possible and you're like yeah but still right this could all be for a storyline i mean look what they did yeah. with drake maverick
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's been enough examples in wwe and pro wrestling in general where things were works that maybe shouldn't have been at work they shouldn't have exploited this that and the other so that's always something that's uh people are going to think it's
1: the worst part about covering this business yeah is that it's like um It's like Vince McMahon is like the friend that will just give you like the most effed up story. And then when you break down and you feel for them, it's like, ha, gotcha, bro. Like (laughs) Vince is
0: that guy. That is the business he's in. You always got to be on your toe. There's always a level of, well, this might be a work that always, uh, that's always built into everything that people hear. People still think that Cody Rhodes is going to show up in ROH. (sighs)
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I still, I think even more than ever now, having him, uh, someone was saying in the chat, like, what about him doing, like, a GM or an on-screen role? I think that's really needed. You know, in WWE 2K22, to have storyline separation, they made Mandy Rose the general manager of Monday Night Raw, and it's oh, still oh. Sonya and Pierce on SmackDown?
0: Oh, wow. I wonder if they're yeah. going to translate that to... I mean, she's gotten better as a talker in NXT. <laughs> they never really even let her talk in WWE, so I didn't know how good she was, but she... Well, has no toxic a- attraction.
1: No toxic attraction in 2K22. Like, no NXT 2.0. Like, the storylines feel very out... Like, the, I still... I had Buddy Murphy hit up my character, Glennergy, uh, to do something for the Monday Night Messiah in a storyline. uh uh, the other day so yeah it's i mean it feels like a very interesting time capsule you know what's glenergy's entrance like is there thunder and lightning I got a lot of pointing going on. I don't have pyro. I should have something with the pyro you and I chose absolutely have pyro. One of the new wave uh music. So I got to work on customizing the move set a little bit more. Like my finisher is the Solita del Sol and I think that's just getting kind of old. Um so yeah, I got I got to work on that. Got to got to uh but no, I mean I'm having fun with 2K22, but I still my, like my main my male character Glenergy is bugged where it has the bug still where the uh titles don't stick. Or show so i started a new the female path uh in the game the female character path and that's been better because at least the title bug isn't isn't there on that game and i think the storylines have been more fun honestly uh on the and i think just more interesting so yeah uh you know i'm getting play out of it but no it's still not a perfect game i mean they've fixed some things and like we talked about before they are showing you the graphics and the characters that look best there are some folks that have not transferred that well Mm. to a 3d world like the
0: weird dead eyes and yeah yeah and I, I i did just read something that said that they just updated some of their glitches but you know you referenced that i, I guess they have yeah. additional glitches yeah they haven't fixed the title one yet. i don't think they can fix it because when you're at that level
1: it keeps putting me into title feud so like i'm missing out on story with the bug i don't think there's a way they can patch that and send it back but my character's almost maxed out i've put in like 20 hours to it right now so i don't want to start over you know Damn, I, I still gotta get
0: to w2k i'm gonna have to create the african blackhawk on that Yes, seriously, make it happen. Um, so is that it for the news? That is it for the news. I'm, I'm guessing next week will be a little busier news. Even though this was a very busy news day, but uh, it just feels like it's still the calm before the storm with WrestleMania week coming.
1: I can't believe what WrestleMania is already here. I know, me neither. Next week. week. Eight yeah. days away. And we'll be in Dallas uh, next Friday. Uh, we're going to have, you know, I mean, yeah, it's going to be fully on. Uh, with uh, the Access Superstore and everything else that's going on It's going to be kind of nuts So tonight, tonight's the calm before the storm for As far as WWE is concerned I'm sure Monday is going to be a hot show uh, With Raw the go home before Mania um, But that's the problem man It's like tonight Okay the women's match was awesome uh, There were some other good moments But I feel like they're dragging this Brock Roman thing out As much as they can
0: Yes I felt like that with a few feuds tonight. Tonight Charlotte just felt like a whole yeah. special I felt like that for weeks now with Charlotte and Ronda. I feel like they just let these women down creatively. They, didn't. They, I think, are just baking on the star power of Ronda Rousey, which is a thing. Ronda Rousey has had an impact positively for WWE's business since coming in, in terms of selling tickets, uh, viewership, and all that stuff. But they haven't told us really anything of a story between Charlotte and um, Ronda. And this is a match that's going to headline one of the WrestleMania nights, I'd imagine. And it does not feel like that at all. It reminds me of um, like that
1: bad trajectory like Schwarzenegger was in in the 90s where it's like, well, we've got the stars. That gets people in the theater. It sells itself. And you have films like Eraser and stuff where it's like no one even remembers what that movie is about. Yeah. You know, it's like we know that he was in. But I mean, like I think with a lot of the action films, these guys – like, uh, cashing a little too much on their uh, their star power rather than storyline, and that's entirely what they're doing with Ronda and Charlotte.
0: The Expendables.
1: Yes. Which Ronda is... Rousey was in that movie, too. Yeah. So Ronda versus Charlotte is very much the Bruce Willis direct video of <laughs> re- professional wrestling.
0: Yeah. In it terms of quite... we just
1: need the photo on the box. That's all we need is the photo on the box, and it will sell.
0: And know? that's unfortunate, because Ronda can be a very good performer, and Charlotte, we all know, is a great performer. And they could have had something. They've got all this history to work with. They were the first women to ever headline at WrestleMania. Charlotte and Ronda was a pivotal moment in Ronda's last run because that's when she was booed out of the building and she turned heel from then on. And um, they're not really running with any of that. They're just kind of putting these two women out there. They're bickering. And then we go to the next segment. And
1: the problem is Charlotte is a good promo when she has someone to play off of. And Ronda, look, Ronda, massive superstar in the world of MMA, has a true love for the wrestling business very good in the ring, is taken to it very naturally. But I think we can all agree that at this stage, the best acting she has ever done is convincing us she was attracted to Turtle in the Entourage
0: film. <laughs> wow. I, don't do that. I thought you were going to say Expendables 2 or 3 or at least, but I, I, I'd say, I don't think she's that bad, but I, I do think that her lines are delivered a little wooden, and uh, and the words that she chooses to use, it's just not how people normally speak. But, yeah, she doesn't necessarily light the world on fire in that department. But I do feel that Rhonda, to your point about Charlotte, is also the type of person who, when she has somebody to play off of, is very good. Uh, particularly when she's going back and forth with Becky. I think they have a magic together. That uh, I think that's the match that feels more like a WrestleMania match. They could have flipped this and done Flair and Belair and Rhonda and Becky. And I think those would have been better in terms of WrestleMania storylines.
1: Yeah, I think Becky and uh, Bianca have, like, charisma to spare. Mm -hmm. And either one of them could
0: carry a feud completely one-sided at this point. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, um, I mean, look, we're seeing a couple of feuds, whether it's Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens. Both of them are carrying their feuds. They don't have anybody to play off of. They're not going to get to see their opponent until the night of WrestleMania. And I think they're both doing very good. And here they are with Ronda and Charlotte every week on TV
1: doing nothing. Well, you know, Vince probably believes it's bad luck to see your opponent before WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. So are they going to be saying vows during that Stone Cold segment? Is that what you're implying? I would fly to Dallas and <laughs> risk COVID to see that live. Um, so let's talk tonight. Man, if you love this Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns storyline, um, and your name isn't Issa, tonight was the night for you. Uh... So Brock showed up. He went to the locker room suite that Roman's in, put his feet up, broke the table. So
0: disrespectful.
1: Waiting for Roman to
0: arrive. It's very see. There's a disconnect here because these locker rooms. It's not like he's in Roman Reigns' trailer or something like that. He's in a Barclays Center locker room. With anything, you're just making it harder on the security that night. Like Roman Reigns is going to be in that locker room for what ten minutes tops, and then he's going to go to the next town. Uh, So like. I, I couldn't feel for him and think this is a good plan to entice Roman Reigns by just going into his locker room that's temporary and putting his feet up on his desk.
1: Yeah, it's not like there was like Roman's personal belongings in there. Yeah. like He trashed his laptop or something or like ooh, or like got his phone and was like, you know, I, like there's a lot of shenanigans you could do that have fun with this. And this was the most basic version of this story.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets are going to be pissed. They're going to go into that locker room like, what the hell, man? Yeah, Because they have to have that locker room every single week. They're the ones that he's pissing off.
1: They should have had him in there, and then, like, Roman should have been sending out, like, mysterious tweets, like, saying, like, you know, then I think about it, and I am afraid of Brock Lesnar. I should be, you know, <laughs> and it turned out, like, Brock had his phone the whole time or something. I mean, th- but again, this is kind of the same thing. Like, we got two big names. They're going to face off against each other sparks will fly um for something that's a title unification match especially and is going to be the 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 big main event i mean this is going to carry sunday night in wwe's eyes and their eyes probably carry the weekend i feel like we need more stakes they've they've run this into the ground at this point to where with Heyman,
0: rock and roman i kind of don't care anymore Really? Okay, so I wouldn't say they've run it into the ground because I do care and I want them to wrestle and I think they've done a good job building this up. I would just say they've peaked a little early and, you know, there's too much time left until WrestleMania. So there's this match that I still feel is going to be a pretty hot match. But I would rather it be going on this weekend. The way they're doing the storyline, it really should be this weekend, it feels like. Uh, but they still have another week to do whatever they're going to do with these two.
1: It's kind of like, uh, Alfred, if you're at Applebee's and you're pitching woo with <laughs> a young lady, or an yes. older lady, uh, a cougar, as it were, uh, you're, you're pitching your woo, you're talking your game, and you get like sort of the A stuff out first, and then by the end, you're just repeating yourself, man. She's like, yeah, you told me earlier that I have nice eyes. I know, I get it. Yeah. I understand. We don't need to harp on it. Like, yes, they've, uh, they, they shot, they shot the shot and, uh, now they're just kind of running into the ground. You had yeah. me at hello.
0: And and not that I've ever had this experience, but it's like, if it finishes early and then you got to kind of in the refractory period, got to wait around. Like, it's like, man, I just uh, got about an yeah, hour like, left so, until
1: <laughs> in school. Like, what are you studying? Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You any Hobbies. You know, I was watching, uh, what, what are you watching on streaming lately? Because, you know. <laughs> yeah. You want to watch uh, Yellow Jackets? It's a great Yeah, show. yeah. Or, or even worse, we're like, so do you follow professional wrestling? Yeah. And you're like, please, please say no. I don't want them to recognize me. This is going to be very weird. <laughs> um. But yeah, tonight, this was kind of. I mean, here's what I'm sick of. It's just like Roman's like, I'm the best. Brock's like, no, I'm the best. You should be scared. No, you should be scared. Paul Newman's like, I don't know. I'm scared.
0: It's just, come on. What is, yeah. what is this story even about? What is the story even about? It was that its most interesting when it was about Paul Heyman. Talking about yes. picking early. The the what I thought that this WrestleMania match was going to decide is whose side is Paul Heyman on? Yes. But they decided that in January, or no, at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, in January. And so now it's like, okay, so we know whose side he's on. There's no longer that caveat. So now we're just waiting for these two guys to fight.
1: There's okay, so there's the fight, and then all that's left is is
0: Paul going to switch allegiances again sure yeah that's always out there but in terms of the storyline you know uh, he might but they haven't made that part of the story so if he does it'll be egregious that they didn't tell that story um and they didn't at least hint toward it um but they they haven't really gone back to that
1: yeah i mean okay so unless this is all just a build and this is paint by numbers and roman's gonna beat brock and then the rock shows up they stare down they're calling the shot for next wrestlemania for
0: next year Sure, but if you have The Rock and he's going to be there, and you got to sell hundred thousand tickets, man, you got to put him. Like I get, like maybe Cody Rhodes, even Cody Rhodes. I think they should at least leak something to let people know that he's going to be there, because I do think people would buy tickets to see Cody Rhodes come um, to WWE. But you know, somebody of the love of The Rock, I would imagine that they'd advertise him like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, Steve dollars four ninety nine. Becky has to be a baby face versus Ronda. What match would open WrestleMania if not Seth versus Cody?
0: Um, you know, I could see uh, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair opening WrestleMania in terms of uh, night one. I could see that, and you kind of get Charlotte a hot Ronda. start. You get uh, you know, Bianca winning and everybody happy, and I think the crowd would be very hot for a match like that. Um, and you need kind of a good match. You know, the f- opening match, people kind of look at it sometimes like a curtain jerk or whatnot, but that's not, it's kind of like doing a comedy set. Like your first joke that you do is like your second best joke. And the last joke you do is your closer, which is your best joke. So that opening match should be one of the best matches you have. You know, we've seen Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins open a WrestleMania before. You know, we saw Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley open last week's last year's WrestleMania. So I could see uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch opening this WrestleMania
1: yeah and then Rhonda and charlotte close it out sure anthony why the news breaking today saying well deserved for shad Gaspar the warrior award true yeah hero. we should have
0: you covered cover that in the news shout out to shad Gaspar. you know obviously very sad story about how he passed away but a legit hero um somebody who risked his life gave his life for his son yeah. to live and i could have sworn he won that award last year i could have sworn that as soon as that happened that they announced that but i guess not maybe i just remembered it wrong but very well deserved they should really you know given the history of the ultimate warrior they really should be calling this award yeah seriously
1: i mean i can't think of a more heroic sacrifice um than what he did to save his son so yeah uh well deserved Lee. 499. Am I the only one that feels like we were robbed of seeing Cross versus Scarlet entrance at Mania stand and deliver? Could still this weekend. Isn't Cross uh, MLW now?
0: Yeah, he's doing things at MLW, New Japan Strong, Control Your Narrative. He's not going anywhere near uh, WWE, nor should he. And I agree with Mia. Um, you're not the only one who feels robbed. The second I saw that entrance the first time, I was thinking, man, how badass is this going to be at, at WrestleMania? But at the same time, that entrance worked at a smaller building because it was kind of time for the smoke to come up and him to be at a certain place. And he's in the ring doing his tribal dance at a certain moment. And I feel like in a big building, you wouldn't be able to do it like that. He, you wouldn't be able to get to the ring in time and it would, and it did not come off as impressive when they were doing it on raw. Um, But then again, at that point they had probably given up on him looking at it in hindsight. I feel like the, the headgear kind of. Yes. Among other things, losing to Jeff Hardy in his debut didn't help losing to Keith Lee for no reason. didn't help. Uh, they, this guy was doing from the start.
1: Seller so Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. Take off your analyst hats, and his fans are you all hyped for WrestleMania. He just wants to take off this hat because it looks yeah. so fly. Not doing it, Justin. Yeah, Even on, though I love man. you, I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, are you hyped for WrestleMania? I hate saying it, but WrestleMania this year feels like another weekend. Yeah, I, uh,
0: you go first on this one. A little bit. I kind of agree with that. I I kind of feel, you know, those last couple of weeks, even the month of WrestleMania, usually you'll kind of get the juices flowing. And I don't feel that fully. I feel like there's a lot of stories out there and I feel like WrestleMania itself, this time next week, I feel like I'm going to be pretty hyped for WrestleMania because I do feel like there's parts of this card that they've done a good job with. But as a whole, I don't think the two nights thing helped. I think the two nights, you kind of have to pace yourself for WrestleMania two nights rather than be like, oh my God, WrestleMania is on this night. Yeah,
1: I mean, I like the... I like them turning into more of a Comic-Con-like event with other events and all these things going on and tapping into that. But uh, yeah, it doesn't feel quite as special. Peter Bahi in the chat pointing out that he'll be watching WrestleMania at the park while he pushed the kids on the swings. Oh, wow. I miss, I miss the, the swing set. That's
0: a long swing ride. So you're going to just stay there for three and a half hours and push the just... kids on the swing? <laughs> your, your arm's going to be sore. <sighs>
1: I got to go again. I got to find like a playground and some swings. Like I want to see how high I can get, maybe jump off. Haven't done that in like 40 years.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, Alexa Bliss looks like she's off the WrestleMania card and is not happy about it. I imagine she's probably going to be on a swing set during WrestleMania. It's
1: true. I'm going to, when we get off the air tonight, I'm going to go and tell my wife, we need to get really into swinging now that we're in Las Vegas.
0: Please tell her just like that. Don't give any context. Just say, I just think we should get
1: into swinging. Why not? I'm sure there's this is the city. There's a lot of playgrounds, a lot of public works here. Uh, so SmackDown Tag Team Championship or SmackDown Tag Team Champion Jimmy Uso took on Shinsuke Nakamura. Rick Boogs, uh, what do you think of this one on
0: one match? Shinsuke getting the win. It's fine, they're doing a good job building up Shinsuke and Boogs, possibly to take the title from the Usos. We'll see, but. I it, I mean I, I've felt this way about Boogs for a while now, but it seems like the the slow push is on for him to be kind of the next echelon because now we're going to get into the next season. There's no off season in wrestling. We know that, but WWE seasons are WrestleMania kind of, and I could see Boogs being somebody who they earmark to push as a singles guy. Man, how fucked is Elias? Yeah, <laughs> <Man>, what <laughs> happened to him?
1: Right? I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that he hit his gimmick massively over uh, with the crowd sort of, I mean, despite all logic and then Rick comes in as a face and is just a fan favorite.
0: Yeah. Doing pretty much the same thing. I mean, it was already hinted that Elias's guitar is gone, but we haven't seen him. He did kill the old Elias, but he might kill him for real. He might, they might've worked that into a shoot. Where now he's gone permanently.
1: This is a good match, though. Alex like Shinsuke getting the win, but even um, Pat McAfee putting over, like, oh, Boogs is going to have a real, there's going to be a real singles run in his future. I mean, him versus Shinsuke is the feud. Uh, I wonder if, if Shinsuke gets the IC title back for Boogs to chase or something happens. Uh, Cause it's, I mean, that will, that will solidify how his so- singles career is going to live or die, is how good that feud is, I think.
0: Yeah. And it would be kind of random because they haven't really teased any dissension, but maybe if they lose to the Usos, that begins it to where Boogs turns on Shinsuke. But I mean, you know, they cut his hair, they're showing his legs, all the things Vince likes doing with people who he's excited about. And sometimes it ends up working out. Sometimes it's like he's smothering something that he likes too much and killing it. Uh, But we'll see what happens with Rick Boogs. They clearly like Rick Boogs. He's doing like the strongman gimmick where he's got the mustache and everything.
1: Tonight, uh, after that, we had a stellar video package talking about the fall and rise of Baron Corbin.
0: Yeah, we got some homeless Corbin in there. You know, maybe they're going to bring that back. They really need to bring that back.
1: I mean, you can't show that tonight. It's like uh, showing that tonight was like uh, at the office finale. You know, you have the flashbacks like, hey, remember how great Michael Scott was? Let's not pay attention to what happened after he left. Let's really focus (laughs) on how great that was. Uh, you know, Corbin needs to be in dire straits again because that was a plus material, and uh, even tonight with Moss, like the little dissension between them, uh, at the end of that video package. I don't know, like, um, yeah. Moss should take all of his money and leave him destitute.
0: Yeah, that might happen. And that's another one where they're going to split these guys up, and it looks like I think Moss is going to be somebody that they push. Uh, But, yeah, and just for the record, I am a D'Angelo Vickers apologist. I did think Will Ferrell was tremendous on The Office. That was for, Uh, like, four episodes. It was for four episodes, but I I did think that he was tremendous in terms of – because I do know that he gets a lot of flack from The Office universe in terms of replacing Michael Scott for that short period of time. But I thought That
1: wasn't the issue. Ed Helms was the issue. Oh, really? Andy as the uh, the new manager,
0: people didn't like – well,
1: and I get because they thought this guy's a movie star because of The Hangover. But when he left the when he left the show, it got good again. When they sent him on that boat trip around the world, um, like I, I think that he was just really uh, bringing the show down for quite some. And like anyone else, as the manager, would have been great.
0: When he was a heel, that's when he bothered yes. me the most. When he turned heel and he was evil Andy, and he wasn't really the character didn't make sense anymore. That that's when it bothered me the most.
1: Yeah. Um. It's just tough, man. It was tough
0: to get through those last couple seasons. Really? I I, like, maybe I just, I'm too much of an apologist, but I enjoyed pretty much all of the officers. Never was a period where I said, this isn't as good as I, I, there were periods where it wasn't as good as it used to be, but I still enjoyed it. Pam and the sound guy. You didn't like that. That was kind of like a pro wrestling angle. You know, He even got the pro wrestling spot where he hit him with the boom mic. I mean, Pam was frustrating in that whole thing. I I was very frustrated with Pam, but you know,
1: The thing with Jim and uh, What's-Her-Face, that was, I thought, cleverly done. Um, I don't know. And I like Kathy Bates. I thought uh, James Spader was fantastic as Robert California. Robert
0: California was a great character. I thought he was very funny.
1: Yeah, there were just some lesser moments. But I, I watched those. You know what I did for my last rewatch? You could probably still find them out there somewhere on the interwebs. And I know this is what Peacock's trying to do now. But some fan went through and took all the DVD bonus material and edited it back into the episode So there were like the super size fan oh. cuts Before Peacock and I found those And I rewatched the entire series with those Probably like three years ago And that was a very fun rewatch You know oh. but yeah it, just, it starts to wane a little bit Towards
0: the yeah. end My favorite Robert California line is when he goes Jim do you want to hear about animals or sex And he goes I want to hear about animals He goes when animals are having sex
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, James Spader is so good <laughs> um where were the cuts where were where were people like how come nobody was recutting uh uh ultron footage with robert california lines coming out of ultron's (laughs) mouth yes you know it was like not yet yeah it was like the same thing with kylo ren i was like someone needs to take like adam driver's like weird dirty talk from girls and like dub that over like kylo ren you
0: know, there is a TikTok trend with Adam driver, but it's from Black Klansman and they dump that okay. over into it. It's pretty wild. <laughs> NSFW for sure. I
1: installed TikTok finally because of pressure from Issa loaded it up and I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing here, what to watch, and I'm never going to post a video. So I like promptly just <laughs> uninstalled it from my phone.
0: <laughs> you did a wise thing because it'll suck you in. You can get addicted to anything. Once it figures you out and what you like, game over. You'll be on TikTok for six hours
1: um a twitter reddit you know i think i've got like a pretty pretty good social routine these days uh so rich holland versus a returning king xavier woods
0: yes king woods back him and kofi still no plans for wrestlemania We're not featured on that uh wrestlemania battle royal i think it's egregious maybe they should go for the fdw title yeah
1: easy win easy win uh for woods tonight but good to see him back
0: yeah good to see him back very quick win um Really kind of dropping the ball with this whole Big E thing because, you know, now that Biggie is on the men and whatnot, this is a very real story that I feel like emotionally they could have transferred to the New Day and, hey, you almost, you know, paralyzed my best friend. That's something that could be manufactured to a – if it's not going to be a WrestleMania angle, maybe you tell that story for a big match this week or next week. But they're kind of glossing over this. They're not having Rich Holland – play a huge heel off of this. They're not having the new day avenge this in a way that's palatable and satisfies people. I don't think. And they've really just kind of moved over this. And I think it's a missed opportunity.
1: It would be an interesting story. Perhaps when you could write for Forbes about where does WWE draw the line at working real life mishaps into storyline, you know, like, uh enzo when he got knocked out he was okay the next day so the vaude villains like that was their entire angle from that point mm-hmm. forward you know but you never heard like samoa joe talk about what happened with uh with tyson
0: you know sure because that pair, that end of his career you know yes that, yeah but that's that what, what i'm saying like
1: spectrum, yeah. so I'm, I'm giving you that as two complete opposite ends of the spectrum
0: you right. know like yeah
1: no, somewhere in the middle right. of the line you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, somewhere in the middle is the line, and there is obviously a long history of professional wrestling in terms of injuries, making light of them and and using them for heat. Whether it's Wahoo McDaniel's, "I broke your leg," uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, "I just broke your neck," Owen Hart doing that with Austin when he, yeah. you know, gave him a stinger that infamous time, and so you know, wrestling's definitely not above this. But you're right, there is a spectrum of, you know. I guess it depends on the severity of the injury. But then again, Roman Reigns got cancer and they made that part of the storyline. So, you know, they're really, I don't know what the line is. Yeah. Actually, I mean,
1: but that's the interesting article is like, what, what, is, what does the WWE consider to be, where, where does it go from good taste to like, no, we can't possibly do this? Sure, yeah. Uh, Brian Barry, 499, is asking, what do you think of the Joker and the deleted scene from the Batman, which I've, I've not watched the movie yet, but I did see that that scene was out there. I did not watch it since I've not seen the film
0: okay no spoilers but i'll have to check that out because i was not familiar that there was a deleted scene but um can't yeah way to bring that up it's a batman is a great movie it's a very dark but it's the it's the batman we need right now for this era
1: interesting Emo so i'm i'm you know robert pattinson a uh, good time very underrated film um i mean that that
0: dude can act very much so i think he's in the very i think he gets it's a keanu reeves thing where he gets attached so much to one character where it was i guess he was team edward i didn't get into that twilight stuff but yeah. people only see him as that and they're like oh no the, the twilight guy is going to be batman but he's very fantastic
1: yeah who doesn't like keanu reeves that i don't get like oh he's great yeah i mean uh his his small role in parenthood was phenomenal uh, permanent Record, he was very good. Point Break is, I think, one of the greatest action yeah. movies of all time. And uh, John he's...
0: Wick might be the greatest action trilogy in terms of consistency. Really? In terms of, if, I mean, listen, there, there's other movies I can compete with. It. I'm just saying, trilogy-wise, in terms of every movie being consistent, I mean, it's that and Toy Story with me. Wow. Wow. Maybe not the only two, but those are two that come to mind in terms of very consistent first three movies. Well, there's a fourth Toy Story now. Yeah, there's now you can't call it a trilogy, that is correct. But first three. The fourth one was five.
1: good. It was just very different. It was just very different. But you're right. I mean, trilogies are tough. I mean, I think back to the future. You know, the first half of part two has not aged well, but I think yeah. the rest of Back to the Future is phenomenal. Yeah. Godfather, I
0: think, is a standard for a trilogy.
1: Yeah. I mean, part three though? Did, yeah.
0: Did, the, did you watch the recut of that? No, no, I haven't seen the recut.
1: Recut was better. It was an improvement. It was better. Okay was an improvement uh but i mean yeah it's, i think starts off it, it works a little bit better uh brian barry 499 asking do you think they should do reigns versus lesnar hell in a cell since brock wants but I, I these guys need to get the hell away from each other after i'm so <laughs> sick of seeing reigns versus lesnar i mean just come on there has to be something they are becoming the two quarries of professional wrestling they have now worked <laughs> together so much that you need to start seeing other people.
0: Yeah, I, I think this might be the last time we ever see Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I think the long-term plan should be Reigns beats Lesnar, and at SummerSlam, Cody beats Roman Reigns. Wow. You're only saying that tonight because he's not here. You can get away with it. I would love to see East's reaction to that I hope we get a Cody versus Roman Reigns storyline Because I will be very much rooting for Cody I think Cody needs to be pushed for reasons Beyond whether or not you like Cody This is about WWE in the big picture Rebuilding its roster And it is at the end of the line when it comes to these part-timers They're scraping the barrel with Stone Cold Steve Austin And so it's time to build new guys And if they can't do it in-house, you gotta buy free agents
1: Yeah So uh, Reigns responded to Brock But let's talk about ronda rousey out in the ring charlotte flair pre-taped the timing of that was very like nobody flubbed that but ronda's saying i'll be your women's smackdown champion smackdown women's champion why not just smackdown champion? yeah
0: <laughs> she gotta mess up the line but then she turned it into this empowering moment like why do we call it a women's championship we should just call it a smackdown
1: championship which makes sense and she could be if they unify that the titles and roman is just the wwe champion then yes yeah, she could be the smackdown champion
0: yeah, and it's it's called the Universal title. It's not the SmackDown Men's Championship. So, I mean, Ronda's got a point. It's true. But what would you think of uh Ronda's, Ronda's promo here? Nothing. I, I thought – it's funny because they advertised this as Ronda's on a rampage. And this was like an episode of Rampage because nothing happened that advanced any storylines. Like, it's just – it was fine, but nothing really happened. Yes.
1: I mean, this whole thing was just – um they are both very talented athletes. This storyline has they really promo one. They fire they did not save their powder and now they have they just rehash again and again of the same
0: thing. Yeah. This is, I mean, if you remember how they built up the women's triple threat, I mean, that was a storyline every week, and it built to a crescendo where just Becky Lynch coming out to challenge Ronda Rousey was this huge moment where people freaked out, and then they had that great brawl in the backstage area where they got arrested, and they were doing all kinds of things with these women to build this up as a main event, and this, it's the complete opposite.
1: Yeah, um, whoever thought, you know, this just really needs time on the mic. To build this.
0: Mm -mm. No. No, could have done so much more.
1: So much more. Brian Berry 499 saying Cody versus Reigns, book it, family legacy versus family legacy. Great storyline.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stories you can tell with Cody versus Reigns. And I mean, I just don't think Brock Lesnar should be the first person to be you know they'd keep building up this 500 day streak of Roman reigns that needs to be transferred to somebody new you know or somebody coming in to be established but Brock does not need this win so hopefully Roman reigns wins and they'll be able to keep him strong so they can build somebody else
1: uh Kayla was sitting in the on the couch next to Brock Lesnar just Jesus this was so dumb tonight. This was such a dumb way to keep stretching out the build on this. I'm like reading the recap of this. Now I'm just angry that this is what I watched. You know, Degrassi hit HBO Max today, all 14 seasons. I could have been watching more of that and uh, Drake in a wheelchair as opposed to watching 90% of what we saw on SmackDown today.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, if I would have known, I might have been watching it. I've never seen Greg DeGrasse before, but I've heard what? great things. And uh, No, I mean, I've seen, okay, so I had Teen Nick, uh, and then I saw a couple of okay. episodes that they would air late on Teen Nick, and I thought it was fine, but they didn't consistently air it, so I never really got to experience it. Was Ch- it only in Canada? How did you get it?
1: No, no, it was in the US. It was on Teen Nick.
0: Okay, so.
1: yeah. Well, and in the 80s, the original version, they like showed it on PBS and they showed it in like health class to like write an essay on what Joey Jeremiah did. And was that the right thing and how he treated his friend? It was like very the 80s version was very kind of hokey. Um, But that's the challenge with Degrassi on HBO Max is there's 14 seasons and over those 14 seasons, it is like five or six completely different shows. like the cast keeps changing people graduate if you go back and watch the beginning it's just like what is this awkward year junior high shit uh drake with a very fashion forward hairstyle uh not looking like the drake we all know and love um but it get like and i was trying to talk about this with my wife we liked it in the early seasons because it was awkward and they cast more real kids everybody became too stylish and good looking around
0: season five Mm -hmm. and that's when it didn't seem as real anymore I wonder if this is how they're going to play Euphoria, because, I mean, these kids can't be kids forever. They already look too old to be high schoolers, and they're yeah. only going to keep getting older. So I wonder if they're going to start shuffling around the cast and having to put new people in there.
1: Well, that's why the Degrassi series All Versions has been groundbreaking, is they don't cast 20-year-olds as teenagers. Like, these are all kids playing their own age. You know, so yeah, if you start at the beginning, you're gonna look at this and you're be like, what is this after school special weird Canadian shit that I'm watching? Um, I would almost recommend, like, I don't know, start with the last episode of the first season because it's got an ecstasy plot. And it's got one of my favorite drug plots where there is the pill and one character ends up taking the drug and then the other characters think they're taking the drug, but someone switched it out. So they're really taking like vitamins and they're acting like they're really high. That is wow. one of my favorite plots in all so of the placebo effect. Yeah, so I would almost start at the end of season one and then go into season two, uh, where they start tackling more real issues. Uh, but yes, I could have been watching more of that. Uh, I was watching. My favorite characters are ones that fans refer to as the candy bandits because they're hooligans. But all you ever see them doing is like breaking into vending machines and stealing candy. But they're treated like the bad kids on the show.
0: Candy bandits. That is so Canadian that the worst thing they could do is steal candy.
1: It did get darker, like there was a school shooting many seasons later, like somebody got stabbed. Isn't that how uh, Drake ended up in the wheelchair? But in the early seasons, stealing candy is like the height of high crime in Canadian high school. And that's a, a season three, episode six called Gangsta Gangsta. They're all named after songs. Every episode is named after a song from the 80s from the 80s for the first couple seasons
0: that's another euphoria parallel because they named a lot of their episodes after rap songs like one of the episodes is called stunting like my daddy and they named the episode after a mob deep song well, this, show, this show sounds dope yeah, i love the it's episode. called gangsta gangsta and then like you watch the episode it's about stealing candy that's, not, it's about stealing that's candy. It,
1: it is such a good episode uh, the introduction of the candy bandits highly recommend it yeah. uh so all that more entertaining than much of what we saw tonight on SmackDown Intercontinental Champion
0: Ricochet lost to both Angel and Umberto horrible This is the worst thing they could have possibly done with Ricochet. There's a guy who they finally look like they're doing something with, and I feel like they still are. But their wise idea was to take these lost Lotharios, who are just a middling tag team, very talented gentlemen, but as we saw, you know, look, they gave them a win over the New Day, and then they ended up 50-50-ing it, and then they ended up right back to where they were. So now here we are with Ricochet, and they made him look like a complete fool. Getting outsmarted by both heels, and then the genius babyface challenges both of them to hurt his chances of retaining to a triple threat match. So there's just so much wrong with this. I hated it.: Yes.
1: I concur, but we had Sami Zayn backstage building up as Anything Goes match with Johnny Knoxville, at WrestleMania. A lot of tonight, there was a lot of talking tonight. Could yes. you imagine if you'd paid for a ticket to go to this show live tonight, and you're just looking at the screen the entire time?
0: Yeah, this felt like a pre-show for WrestleMania. Even that Baron Corbin segment we were talking about with the video that felt like a WrestleMania video. It felt like they were just biding their time and and waiting for the show to start. And but it it just ended up being an actual show that they were doing that on.
1: Yeah, it was weird. It's funny, Monkey Armada is saying like, "Oh, I'm sounding like I'm getting burnt out." It's not that I'm getting burnt out. It's just that, I mean, doesn't it feel like? WWE in particular is just runging some things to the ground. And I'm not saying that like AEW does everything right. Cause by the flip side, AEW does fresh things more often, but they also do a lot of things that I just don't give a shit about. Uh, But WWE will take something like, Oh, this could be good. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. And it's just like, dear God, like that, this feud in particular is one that has succeeded by consistently upping the stakes. Mm -hmm. And I think that after the phone thing, they needed like another, we needed something else this week and not just Sammy talking about, Oh, this anything goes match It's going to be crazy. I could order a coffee in three, you know, like like this was um two uh uh you know uh, as Elvis would say, a little less conversation, a little more action tonight. Yeah. Uh, that applied to this
0: whole show. Yeah, I completely. agree. Yeah, I mean, and this is Wrestle Freaking Mania. Yeah, which by Do you the way. Think- hmm. I'm sorry. You can finish that. I'm just going to ask you really quick. Do you think the rise of AEW has affected WrestleMania season in the past couple of years that it's not the only thing you have to look forward to? So maybe your excitement is being split between all these companies. Um. Actually, I think stuff like the Cody situation
1: and um, more the behind the scenes dealings. That's taking a fair amount of excitement, right? Because. You have, a, remember how AEW felt when we knew, when we were like 99.9% certain CM Punk was coming yeah. and it was like, okay, when are we getting to that? Like, can anyone out there without Googling it, tell me what the big events were in AEW for the three weeks before, uh, that night in Chicago? That's a good point. You know, like the Cody thing overshadows a lot of shit. hmm uh no i was just gonna say that for seth freaking rollins why have they not had merchandise that said wrestle freaking mania for seth rollins
0: yeah they, they should i'm surprised they don't that sounds like the most WWE shirt ever for sure
1: yeah don't get it uh let's see we have super chat here anthony Y asking my sammy zane's <laughs> long lost brother yes he is. i mean we have very different uh genetic backgrounds
0: they have the same hat though we
1: do you have the same hat um Yeah, and that's um, Monkey Armada also is an interesting place. Like, we have wrestling all the time now, and that's part of it too. But I think, um, in the case of WWE, it is interesting that I think they're they're almost slow rolling a lot of the stuff. Like, well, we can't give people too much too soon. We have to kind of keep pacing it out. And I think that this is where stuff like Vince being in charge and the creative they have, when you have these older guys that have more of an old school mentality and how they book things, they are not writing TV. For a modern TV audience or modern TV attention span, even sports. Could you imagine if the Super who played in the Super Bowl this year? Rams and the Bengals. The Rams and the Bengals. Could you imagine if the entire NFL season were the Rams and the Bengals having like these 50 50 games against each other and talking shit about each other? And like, oh, the Rams are in the Bengals locker room. And then at the Super Bowl, you got to see them. That'd be the most boring football season ever. You'd be like, well, they were building to the Super Bowl. It's yeah. like, We do different things each week and we build people up. So when the people we built up face each other, it really means something that is not WWE's model. Like that's why squash matches are important. That's why enhancement talent. That's why side stories are important. Because if you had all this time where you had Brock doing something, accomplishing something or Roman defending something, there's something to be said that like, you know, and as a fan, think about all the TV shows you love. Um, And the character pairings you have. I always point to Breaking Bad as an example. Mm -hmm. Everyone likes when Walt and Jesse are together and they're making meth and they're having fun and hijinks and shenanigans. And you go, those are really special times. Like, I wish the show was all that. There is an argument in storytelling that says the more meaningful time characters spend apart from one, one another growing and changing, the more special it is when the characters spend time together and have those crossover moments. And I think in terms of building feuds, WWE does not believe in that at all. It's kind of like the more we see them together, the more we're going to want to keep seeing them together. And the more we're going to want to see them fight. Does anyone think that that is making you more excited? I mean, and this is the question. What we saw, what we've seen with Roman and Brock, what we've seen with Charlotte and Ronda, in particular, do you feel that all these promos are making you more excited for the match at WrestleMania?
0: Yeah, over overexposure is a big problem with WWE, and, the, and a lot of that is also the fact they split that roster in half. So now you have half of a roster here, half of a roster there. So they find themselves in situations where they have to. Or at least they feel like they have to keep people in close quarters where we're seeing these same pairings all the time. But no, I agree with you. It would be so much better. And to your point about the Super Bowl, they make sure that, you know, it's AFC versus NFC. These two conferences that typically don't play each other. I mean, you do play four NFC teams, but they typically don't have a lot of interconference games so that the Super Bowl, when it comes around, is very special because they stay apart. And this is where we talk
1: about pacing because you can't do stuff like the Sammy Johnny Knoxville thing that keeps escalating and then cool it off. And you can't do stuff like last week. Last week was very good with Roman and Brock, but yeah. you can't do that that last week. And this time it's like, Oh, Brock's just hanging out and trash in his dressing room. Like felt kind of tame.
0: Yeah. Very tame. Especially, especially when you saw the payoff that spoiler alert didn't really go anywhere. It was just, it was a waste. They punted tonight.
1: Yeah. I, and that's what I don't like. That's where our, are like, all of our intelligence as viewers is being insulted and our time is being wasted by this
0: company. Yeah, I, th- I think they're just wasting time. I think they just peaked early. They just peaked early, booking this card, and now they're they're waiting for WrestleMania to come.
1: Yeah, uh, Steve Mark and for uh, uh, Veer. Uh, so, uh, Buck 99, who's next after Cody to jump to WWE?
0: Where have you been, Steven? Oh, who's next after Cody? How, who's next? They remove the period. Who jumped? Oh, to WWE? two jumped. I thought he was saying. Well, I was reading that as what's next for Cody? Um, yeah. who's next to jump? To, well, okay, we're gonna get a lot of contracts coming up in twenty twenty four. Um, <laughs> I know is gonna want MJF. MJF is you know, and Tony Khan for whatever reason is all too happy to let MJF play this character of a character who wants to go to WWE. Let me tell you something right now. You could say that this is all storyline. The money's real. And WWE has the money to take MJF from AEW. So who knows what's going to happen there. I could see Jade Cargill being somebody who moved because she's not necessarily ingrained in this weird culture of professional wrestling in this wrestling war. She's just going to get paid. And I think WWE would break the bank for Jade Cargill. And I think she'd be fine going to WWE. I think she'd be better fit there personally.
1: Yeah. Um. MJF is gonna come to WWE and then like lose them their relationship with the Susan J. Coman Foundation. He's gonna
0: he's gonna just cross a line. He's gonna roast a bunch of kids who are he
1: he is going to like if they thought Enzo was a wild card in a loose cannon, MJF is going to, I think purposefully See what he can get away with. That is a Probably.
0: I never thought about that, but that is a tremendous point, Glenn. In that, if WWE does sign MJF, he's a guy who's always in character. You got to keep him as far away from these make-a-wish kids as possible. Like, because, you know, it would be too tempting. And he's always in character. And I never thought about that. But yeah, you got WWE needs to keep him in like a bubble somewhere when he's backstage.
1: Because he's screwed. He's screwed if he backs down. Like that's it. That's the death of MJF. That's the end of the character. Yeah. You know, um, unless unless they put him another thing like they did with Cody. Remember where uh, MJF was like putting over like DDPY and like like he had he was doing the two face thing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the only way it really works. Um, Anthony Y saying, What if all this WWE talk for Cody is a swerve and Cody shows up a ring of honor super card? There we go. Tony Khan did say he could have a trick up his sleeve.
0: No, I mean, listen, if it is, it'd be all the more entertaining and it'd be you know great for what we do, Glenn. Our podcast numbers would be great. Um, but I do think Cody Rhodes is going to show up at WrestleMania 38. It sounds like everything is in line, but we'll never know until we see the music,
1: yeah. Um, is and it, you know, a lot of people are going to tune in for that. That's, I think, going to get more eyeballs than some of these stories. Uh, Austin Theory attacked Pat McAfee. I'm still not sure what this feud is about.
0: It's like a game of cat and mouse, like a game of tag because he hit him and ran again. And but why are they feuding with each other? Vince McMahon invited Pat McAfee to compete at WrestleMania, so that was the genesis of this. He accepted and Austin Theory is Vince's, uh, you know, prodigal son, pet project, whatever you want to call it. And so now he is using that to antagonize Pat McAfee. But I would think by now we'd get involvement from Vince McMahon himself. The original rumor was that Vince and Pat McAfee were going to face each other at WrestleMania, but I expect Vince to get involved. And I think next week we're going to see Vince either be the special guest referee or a ring enforcer or whatnot, but he will be involved in this, I think.
1: Shane better show up with that envelope
0: to help out. Yeah. <laughs> remember when Shane was like the hottest guy in the business, just based on what he may or may not have done during Royal Rumble weekend. I feel like WWE should have just brought him back and just had him get involved in the WrestleMania storyline. I think that's what WrestleMania is missing.
1: WWE. The dumbest thing they ever did was turn Shane heel in recent years, because he was, you could, as, a, as a McMahon and having that name value, he was a utility player. You could mm-hmm. s- uh, slide into a supporting main event. Not the main event main event, but the supporting main event of any pay-per-view. As a babyface, crowd loved him. I mean, I'm trying to think of a uh in-ring performer who has ever made as much of some limited god-given wrestling ability as Shane McMahon.
0: Yeah, he is a natural babyface. He's the only McMahon that you would just really want to have a beer with in terms of that type of personality. And he's really good in terms of a babyface promo. I think his heel promos are awful this day and age. I I don't know what happened. I think maybe too many concussions, jumping off too many things. But Shane in his prime was a tremendous heel promo in the Attitude Era. He was great. He was just a chip off the old block. But when we've seen him in those feud with The Miz or whether it was the feud with Braun Strowman and he had to cut a heel promo, he would just fall apart. Yeah, so dumb. So dumb. And and they could could use him right now because they still
1: don't have an abundance of babyface talent. Uh, But okay, so let's talk about the high point. Of tonight's episode, which was Zelina Vega versus Sasha Banks versus Ray Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, uh, their tag partners were removed pretty early, and Sasha got the win. These four women, as part of their tag teams, are going to be competing for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. A match I predict
0: is going to be the high point of the weekend. What? Yes. Really? You think this the, the fate of the forty-four four way tag team match is going to be the high point? It's going to be better than Austin coming back. In terms of matches,
1: no. In terms of matches, okay. You think he's going to
0: be better than Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns?
1: I think Brock versus Roman is going to be another Batman Superman situation that goes on for way too long because both guys have to look strong, and um, I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel with this. You know, I think Ronda versus Charlotte is going to have its thing. Becky versus I think Becky versus Bianca is probably my my number two pick. But look, Sasha and Naomi are winning these bouts at WrestleMania.
0: I could see that absolutely happening. But, you know, just the way they booked this recently, I could see Carmella and Zelina maybe holding on to it. But I I thought Sasha Banks and Naomi was a lot to win these titles. Not that they were going to get behind them, but just seeing how they just throwing all these women into this match, it looks like it's something they're doing to give them something to do. And I actually think this match is going to be something of a disaster just based really? on the lack of chemistry between a lot of these women um, as tag teams. And, you know, the Fatal 4-Way tonight was fine, uh, but, you know, I did see some issues that made me think that maybe the tag team is going to be a little more of a tough watch but you know I, listen i don't know if it's going to be the high point but there's the talent there to have a good match if they let them
1: i think if they get the time i, th- I think they're going to really surprise people with what you see i think it's starting to gel i think ray and live look fantastic together i think natalia um and shana wasn't a pairing that I thought was obvious at first, but I think it's working. But look, Sasha and Naomi, like, they both, both of them, look, if I had it my way, both of them would be winning the Raw and SmackDown titles at WrestleMania. But them together, I think, is a situation where they're able to take their combined charisma and elevate this entire division. I I think they have potential to be the most meaningful women's tag team that this division has seen in its young life.
0: 100 they, percent they might already be halfway there just based on the lack of meaningful tag teams in this division and they do have the talent to win those titles and make them mean something that's what i was hoping when they got together originally
1: yeah i'm telling you i think if this is given the proper time i think this is gonna be a very very good match yeah
0: i, hope I remember so. i really do
1: no ic title match no u.s title match mania is lacking a lot of stuff
0: yeah very strange because they're doing that ricochet match next week and then the, yeah, U.S. title is – no, Finn Balor is going to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial yeah. Battle Royal. So, yeah, they're just um, kind of punting with these two titles, but it is a loaded card. It's seven matches each night. I guess they just have a hard out at two and a half hours. They don't have to worry about doing hours and hours of content anymore because they sold it to Peacock already, so that's not as much of a big deal. So now they're just going back to three hours, and I'm all for it if they're going to do two nights of WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait, the Andre's happening on Friday?
0: Yeah, they're not doing it at WrestleMania. They're doing it next week.
1: So, Roman Reigns showed up with the title. They went out there. They looked around the bar. They were in the Barclays Center. If you go to the Barclays Center, can you imagine, I went to the Barclays Center to watch a WWE TV taping, and the night was primarily promos, the majority of which were on the screen. They better have some hell of some dark matches tonight.
0: Yeah, especially in a place like Barclays, which is a hot, yeah, out, and they're always it's like pretty much WWE's new version of Madison Square Garden. Definitely the cheaper version of Madison Square Garden, but they've had some pretty hot shows at Barclays. They had Raw 25 at Barclays, and and considering when I saw that they were doing this at Barclays, I just got excited looking at that alone. But this was not that level of show.
1: Celesteers so like grabbing a chair. They're facing off. I didn't think this was a hot ending, and I felt like they ended early. I mean, I don't know if that's strategic, but, um, you know, Lester, oh, I got the title. And this is, you know, why? Because Rampage was pre-taped and they knew they were going to do the spot with stealing the title. And Vince was like, <laughs> aha, I will put this on before and people think you're ripping us off.
0: That's what they should do every week is when they find out the spoilers, they do it. And then people think that Rampage is stealing from WWE. I like that.
1: That's what I would do. I think that would be, that would be solid, you know? <laughs>
0: I hope that that's why they did what they did.
1: It's a, it's, that's like an ultimate heel move. Did you ever watch the Jamie Kennedy experiment? Oh, yeah. Did you see the one where he entered like a country music competition undercover and he found out the band that he was going to be going up against and he researched them and learned their song and he went on first and did the other band's song no, like in the competition? That's
0: hilarious.
1: <laughs> and then they threw a fit and he said, well, how, do, how, do I, how do they know you didn't steal it from me?
0: Like, <laughs> Did they try to fight him? Like, they must be yeah, serious. Yeah, like, like, like blows were almost thrown. Oh, I don't blame them. Yeah. That was oh my God, that's one of the
1: single best Jamie Kennedy experiment. <laughs> like, Jay Kennedy, like, I have some thoughts and feelings about him since uh that, which was almost 20 years ago. But yeah, that was a solid prank show. Yeah, no, it really
0: was. I think he's underrated as a comedian too. He still does stand up and he's very funny. <laughs> Is he though? I was watching some clip from him the other night and I was just kind of like, uh, as a stand-up comic, I think he's a talented uh, comic. But you know, I think he gets—he's one of those people, kind of like we were talking about, not even to a lesser degree than Keanu Reeves. Is he's attached to a certain type of character where I don't think people give him his props. But you know, not the I greatest his, movie star in the world—that's for sure. I read his autobiography
1: because I used to be really into reading autobiographies, and I remember when he moved to LA, he didn't have a manager, but he could do like an old Jewish man voice. So he created a character that was his yes. own manager and was calling people. <laughs> using his old Jewish man voice. And I think that is brilliant.
0: Yeah, very much
1: so. Yes. Um, anyhow, uh, Jamie Kennedy experiment put on a random episode of that more entertaining than much of what we saw tonight on SmackDown.
0: I want to watch that episode now He did that thing in the band. I'm going to look for that. You know, the
1: best one was though, there was one he did with like a kid that was like delivering pizzas and he was pretending like the kid shows up for work and Jamie Kennedy is like, makes it seem like he's running this mob operation and the pizza guy keeps coming back and he's like very concerned. So when Jamie Kennedy finally says, you've been x the guy's like, please don't kill me. <laughs> That's the other best part of that show is that he would have to explain to people and say, you've been X you're part of my new series. The Jamie Kennedy, he had to explain what it meant. They did the same thing on swerved on WWE. It was like, You've been swerved as part of the new WWE prank show, Swerved. (laughs)
0: Because they wouldn't know. Like, I've been what? Is this a good thing?
1: Everyone knew what punked was. Nobody knew what these other things were. (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah. And uh, what was it? B. Rad with Malibu's Most Wanted. Yeah. That character as well. Oh, man. Uh, Speaking with Jose Sorolla asking, do you see John Cena, Doctor of Thugonomics at WrestleMania 38?
0: I do not. What's up with John Cena? Yeah. I oh, know he did the narration for WWE Evil. I thought he did a good job there, but it uh, doesn't seem like he's coming back to wrestle anytime soon. He's doing Peacemaker, which I thought he's been fantastic in. I mean, yeah, for that's quite good. Unbelievable television. Uh, but, you know, listen, he did the narration. WWE's going to have him doing some interviews, I believe, with the next week. So maybe we're going to hear some things.
1: Maybe. So, what did you think of Rampage tonight, opening with Dustin Rhodes defeating Lance Archer?
0: I was very surprised. I think Dustin Rhodes is underrated, but I don't want to see him beating Lance Archer. Uh, but I thought they did a good job with this. They're clearly doing a program with these guys because Lance Archer beat the hell out of Dustin Rhodes after this. So at least they're doing some of them. And Dan Lambert, very busy man now. He's very very um, uh, Jimmy Hart-like in that he now manages several different people.
1: And he shows up and does karaoke at Hulk Hogan's Almost. Bar.
0: Yeah. Host <laughs> karaoke I believe. He has a group with the Gentries as well. <laughs> I explain to people,
1: I say, you know, Jimmy Hart was part of the Gentries. And they're like, who are they? And I'm like, you know, they have that song, Keep On Dancing. Uh, what song is that you play? And it's like, okay, yes, I know that song. <laughs> the classic. Also, I like that there's commercials that are using Land of a Thousand Dances. Throwback to the wrestling album. Why have we not had the modern AEW or WWE roster cover a th- Land of a Thousand Dances? Like the oh. wrestling album.
0: That could have been on the AEW mixtape. No. <laughs>
1: could you imagine if that was on the AEW mixtape? That could have been a skit on the AEW mixtape. <laughs> that was so over back in the day. Um, when I watch all the episodes of Night Flight, like they have Night Flight Plus, which is actually brilliant. I wish MTV would do this. If you get Night Flight Plus, they have all the old episodes of Night Flight on there, so you can watch random music video compilations from like 1985. And there's they do a couple that are themed like take off to sports take off to movies politics whatever um but i feel like on the sports one is great because we get super bowl shuffle land of a thousand dances but yeah i feel like land of a thousand dances pops up a lot you don't realize how much that video was actually shown back in the day
0: wow yeah they should do a remake i mean they're rebooting everything else it's it's only a matter of time
1: we got a new super bowl shuffle you know uh in a commercial like what was that seven years ago
0: Yeah. What were they selling too? Was that car insurance? I want to say, I think it was car insurance.
1: Yeah. Car like this should tell you, we don't have any car insurance sponsors. I don't have any car insurance clients. This should tell you what a scam car insurance is (laughs) that they could afford to do these elaborate commercials and advertise like they're just making money hand over fist because for what they charge versus the actual statistics of how often people get an accident that requires their insurance, they are still just laughing all the way to the bank.
0: It's unfortunately they they always take that route when they could be good people about it. They end up taking the money,
1: you know, and I love the commercials for the general where they actually say, you know, the general is actually legitimate car insurance. And it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like when the perception is that you are cheap, like, Oh, there was a comedian. I'm, I can't remember his name, uh, but he would describe like, you know, there's all state there's state farm and I'm insured by like, pssst, you need some insurance but like like that's the level <laughs> the general is at you know uh like it is insurance in name only so yeah i love on the commercial where they call that out and you got to figure like car car shield's got to be like a complete bullshit thing as well i'm sure that yeah. their plans probably don't cover i mean it's think about all the effort time effort energy people put into trying to try and sell you extended auto warranties any money they get out of you is just pure profit it's like the boost mobile
0: of insurance
1: well, at least Boost Mobile actually provided a legitimate like service that you could use.
0: Oh, sure they do, but I mean, it's a, toward the lower end, and, and they yes. do have a lot of these little contract things that if you don't read it carefully enough, they'll screw with you.
1: Boost Mobile had the walkie-talkie in the, the, the where you at, dog? I mean, yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> I hated that walkie-talkie feature. I remember that. That walkie-talkie feature was the worst, because especially if you had a friend or god forbid you were in a relationship with someone who would hit you up using the walkie talkie thing and you didn't respond like that's not leaving a text like oh i didn't see the text or i didn't hear my phone ring i had it on silent there's like you legitimately reached out to me with your voice and i ignored your ass
0: you heard me
1: yeah (laughs) that was real ghosting back in the day oh my god i had a phone through at&t wireless it was a nokia and only phone i've ever had that had this there was some, something weird about it that when someone was calling me and I didn't pick up the phone, I could actually hear the other end of the call before I picked up. So I could hear if what? somebody was calling me and they were just like, oh, that motherfucker better pick up the phone. Like I could hear that while it was would ringing you, on my end. Would I you be one... able
0: to hear it when you hung up To Like, oh my God, I'm no, finally I don't... done with that
1: asshole. No, but I could hear it when it was ringing. It was very weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy
1: is absolutely crazy because
0: i had a phone that did the opposite that i could hear when they were hanging i could hear what they said after they hung up that is nuts
1: that could really get you in trouble oh yeah for sure
0: (laughs) yeah uh
1: anyhow back to rampage tonight dustin rhodes won that match
0: what'd you think of jay lethal's promo that was fine. I, I, who knows what they're going to do with Jay Lethal. He's on TV once a month. Uh, it sounds like they're going to do something with him in ROH because he was mentioning how something's got to change or whatnot, so maybe they'll just have him uh, be one of the card-carrying members of ROH with uh, Tony Khan reimagining it. They got too much talent. Yeah,
1: well, they do. In AW. I mean, With ROH, I guess it makes sense. It's natural. Extension to Y 499 Super Chat. Man, everyone tonight just uh, Roger Geary can pay his boost mobile bill. With way making yeah. off super chats tonight. <laughs> uh, that he can, he can afford to finally ditch cricket wireless and get a real carrier. Yeah, I can None upgrade the boost. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> is Boost still in business?
0: I think they are. I believe I saw a Boost Mobile building, but it, you know, it might yeah, have isn't that weird? There.
1: Like, okay, so I've got a theory. It's like Pat Oswalt used to have a conspiracy theory that uh, Yoshinoya Beef Bowl was a front for distributing drugs because no one ever actually goes and eats there. Um, sure. What is going on in all these Boost Mobile locations that still exist? Because no one's going in and getting Boost Mobile phones.
0: Probably the same damn thing. Probably, it's probably more likely in to a to Boost Mobile. To be honest with you, Yoshino, you're you're the capital of Yoshinoya beef bowl. Like, yeah, I like Yoshino. They've got their menu's gotten a lot healthier. And when I'm in a crunch, I don't go there a lot. But they do have like good vegetable bowls with chicken and stuff like that. It's actually pretty underrated. But if you get the wrong type, it'll really have your stomach running.
1: I don't know if and you like you ordered- the league,
0: but they did an episode called Yoba Goya. I think they're afraid of getting sued by Yoshinoya, and they called it Yoba Goya, and everybody who ate it ran their stomach. And that's exactly what happens when you eat that stuff. And you order
1: the wrong thing on the menu, and you find a little extra package in your bag, and you're like, oh no, I think this is a mix up. I'm not a courier. This wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Anthony, why- Tonight, we're just hot takes. We're just dissing the insurance companies, the prepaid yeah. cellular, Yoshinoya, like, we're drug just dealers, killing back the curtain. On the conspiracy. We're in the age of conspiracies. This is when conspiracy theories used to be fun. You know, back before it got ruined by the Q crowd. This was back when there was like good conspiracy theories about it. Like old Navy commercials, like given, you know, uh, uh, signals from the Illuminati. Like let's bring back those days, you know? I want that. Uh, Anthony, Y 499 saying watch the Sasha Banks evil episode. It was very good and very evil. Shout out to Izzy Bailey fan appearance. Can see Izzy and WWE or AEW, she's still got a couple years, right? I'm gonna feel when Izzy makes her pro debut in NXT or Ring of Honor or AEW, and I'm gonna that's when I'm gonna just feel super fucking old.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel old seeing her now that she's like a fully grown adult, and that evil series is very good. I mean, I've seen all of my I got the screen, they're very good, all eight episodes. And I like the fact that they really specifically focus on these heel characters. So they're able to do more of a deep dive. I thought it was very good. I have a review on the series of Forbes right now. And I I really do look forward to Izzy's debut, especially as long as her family's not allowed to be in there because they're ruining NXT 2.0 and they need to stop booing MSK.
1: King Kai 864 saying, Boost Mobile is owned by Dish Network. That's another, like, how are these companies still in business? When is the last time you know anyone that got a satellite dish that was not DirecTV? And even then, it's the year 2022. Why in the F, unless you live in the middle of nowhere, why are you getting a satellite dish?
0: I know it's that old cable, and they're probably overcharging you too. But they, I wonder why Dish would feel the need to buy Boost Mobile. I wonder what they see in that. That's very they're like, if we can
1: consolidate, you know, they all that Dish also owns Blockbuster. So yeah. they're like, if we can just consolidate all of our outdated mediocrity yeah. i think we
0: could really corner the market you know Did dish buy circuit city too like they should yeah. just buy all these companies
1: you know there are still I, I forget what the number is but there are still like four million people a year that pay for aol wow i think it's just rebilling and they don't realize that they're so i going was gonna to
0: say pay. how many of them know because i just found out i was paying for audible the past month and after a couple of choice words they gave me all that money back
1: yeah yeah it's crazy you know, you go through and you see the stuff on your bill, and it's just, uh, it could be an eye opener. Um, so Fuego del Sol, I'd forgotten he was still a thing. Um, cutting a promo, and then uh, lights went out, and House of Black appeared. Is this, this seems like an upgrade for Fuego del Sol to be even in the same sentence as the house of black
0: to be doing anything on television is an upgrade for him i mean he his role is kind of as like an enhancement talent uh but clearly they just needed somebody to bump for the house of black but if they're going to be doing something with them like i could only imagine he's friends with sammy Guevara. maybe that's going to be a backup but i mean house of black i feel like should be doing more i feel like I really like Alistair Black, and I thought that he was going to be kind of projected as more of a top guy, but he's settled yeah. into this kind of trios role. And all three of these guys are very talented, but I was kind of hoping this would be something to propel him to the main event. I, I don't like him in this kind of middle area. Um, I, I think there was a
1: joke for a while that AE, AEW Dark should really just be the Dark Order, House of Black, like all the, the Butcher of the Blade and the Bunny, all these pseudo-supernatural characters yeah. that they have just it's
0: together quite- on one show. Dark you know. Characters, black characters, black people. You know, well, I go, I'm not, not going that route. That would no, be... I'm not advocating for that. I'm saying that's what it is. It's essentially no, the, that was... you just bring it in there.
1: I was thinking the dark arts, but sure, if you want to <laughs>
0: take it there. Um... No, I know. Okay, so it is the dark arts, but in addition to that, if we're going to go dark, just go all in, everything dark. Even the championship should be dark. They should have a dark championship that you don't get to see the plates or anything like that.
1: There you go. Every every match every match is a lights out match. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know, we'll just take it to its natural conclusion. Um, so, House of Black was beating up Fuego, and uh, Dark Order was out there. Um, then we had Red Dragon versus Allen Five, Angels and Ten. Easy win from Red Dragon
0: tonight. Yeah, I mean, we could have done without this. This is professional wrestling, but I mean, no real storylines or conflict between these two. They this is where they stole those tag team titles. Um, it's okay. Did nothing for me. Yes.
1: Someone is telling me in the chat, I'm so wrong about Triple H. I'm saying I'm glad Triple H is alive. Like The headline is Triple H is alive and working on his health. I don't know how I'm wrong about that. Yeah. Was jo- By the way, I was joking when I said this is all set up and he's going to come and face Cody at WrestleMania. You know, I feel like, okay, so tonight... I might as well address this right now because I feel like I have to I have to really put this out there. <laughs> Alfred is a journalist. Alfred writes for
0: Forbes. I can't say I'm call him this, but yeah, journalists, tomato, tomato. I, okay. Journalists so are weird.
1: I made a joke earlier with the Los Lotharios kiss cam and I'm like, have them kiss each other, you cowards. And people are like, dude, they're cousins. That's messed <laughs> up. Like, I look at what I do. And I would say, because this is not my day job. This is not what I do for a living. I do this because it's fun. Some people find me entertaining. I made Raj Giri laugh once. That's how I got this gig. Um, And I've really just been riding it out from there. I think, especially when it comes to the world of wrestling, I'm I'm like 50% analysis and 50% just sort of trolling and shitposting as a gimmick.
0: (laughs) You know what, which one uh, about the Loth- lotharios kissing each other is that analysis or was this uh... that's shit posting? <laughs> I know, but good. Hey, listen, that's fine, and it's, as long as you stand by it, we're having fun. This is supposed to be fun. It astounds me the amount of people who take themselves too seriously in wrestling. That's one of the things I think, and it doesn't get talked about because the wrestling media would never take this narrative on. But if you – like, I'm a sports guy. I love sports. Sports are fun because not only are the athletes and the teams and games a lot of fun, there's a lot of characters in sports. One of them being Pat McAfee, who's now the best character in WWE in terms of personality. you got Stephen A. Smith. you got Dan Patrick, Bill Simmons. You've got all these great, eclectic, charismatic people who cover sports media who are then able – even when the games suck, you're able to go there and have fun watching them. But wrestling doesn't really have that for something that's so over the top. Oiled up men and women pretending to fight each other, it's rife for comedy. But there's a lot of overly serious people in wrestling media and and in the ecosystem of wrestling who take themselves too seriously, whether it be on Twitter or whatnot. And I never got it because I certainly don't take this too seriously.
1: And, And I think, you know, it's interesting because if you look at the chemistry that we have in this podcast, it's like you come from back in journalism and covering this. And you're able to have fun with it and talk about it. Um, Isa comes from being a personality who has her own shtick and own viewpoint. And she's actually become more of a journalist and an actual correspondent over recent years with the work that she's doing. And for me, it's like, I'm just sort of rolling with this, man. I mean, it's like, yes, there's the pop culture reference and analysis. I'm looking at this from a viewer's point of view. But it's like, dear God, when this isn't entertaining, I think, thank God that (laughs) I have these other viewpoints. Because if I got on here. And tried to be like Mr. Positivity and just cover all of this and be like, you know, and then this happened. And Alfred, how do you feel about this angle? Doesn't this remind you of this back in the day? And where do you potentially see this going? If there was no what if or there was no like crazy comparison to make or jokes to make about it, I would have quit this podcast a long time ago because it would be more tedious than actually watching the wrestling itself. If I had to show up here and give in-depth analyses of a company that is making a product they actually very much would like you to not pay close
0: attention to. Or scrutinize in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Yeah, 100%. And even to your point about Issa, like, her brand is the reactions and whatnot. So when it sucks, oftentimes I'm like, I wonder what Issa thinks about this. I want to see Issa's reaction to this uh, because that adds a level of entertainment even when it's not entertaining. That's the value in having, you know, people in, in wrestling who don't take it too seriously.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the thing. And I think by this point, you know, it only took uh, six years now, Alfred. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, if, if you just aren't on board with this, you've st- hopefully stopped watching at this point. We've run the numbers down so far into the ground. <laughs> Actually, no, the podcast numbers surprisingly have only grown in the entire time I've been doing this. But I think yeah. part of the reason, why, and even in the time that we've been doing this with you, Issa and I, in the last year, and I think the reason why is what we do, you cannot get on any other wrestling podcast. You can get the hardcore analysis. You can get the super duper wrestling like enthusiast perspective. You can get the former poor pro wrestler perspective, but I think having three diverse viewpoints for reacting, analyzing, and making fun of it, I think that we are unique in what we do.
0: hundred percent. yeah, there's there is a hole that is being filled by us not thinking this is real. And not taking it too seriously, being able to joke about it. I feel like there needs to be so much more of that in wrestling. Because at the end of the day, like, listen, I t- I have to take it seriously to a degree in terms of writing for Forbes about the numbers. And there's a lot to take seriously yes. about pro wrestling. But it's pro wrestling. It's my first love. I've been watching it my whole life. I also know when to laugh at pro wrestling. I also know when to laugh about pro wrestling and, and you know, have fun with it.
1: Yeah. And I think, and that's what keeps us doing this. I think that we consistently try and have fun with this podcast. And if the day it's not fun, you know, like Monday night raw became is the day I stopped doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. When I can't even goof on something anymore, it's just, uh, you know, it's over, but red dragon won. jungle boy and Luchasaurus came out, red dragon Adam Cole stole their belts. Uh, ripping off what Brock did with Roman's belt tonight. Clearly AEW copying once again, WWE. Total plagiarism. <laughs> also, fuck these pre-taped shows. I get that they were in Austin and Wednesday was a hot crowd and they did this. Why aren't they just doing a separate night live for Rampage and the taping Dark and Evolution that night and breaking this up?
0: I mean, that yeah, that is a way to go. I mean, logistically, it's far cheaper for them to do it this way. But, you know. But it's I better.
1: Mean, to, is there a ratings it, correlation? Have you seen – again, you want
0: to talk analysis? Is there any ratings correlation that they pull a bigger rating when it's live? With live, they do get better ratings. That all depends, though, because it, it depends on the time slot. And so if you look at it for one time slot, I don't know what that would be. But they do do slightly better live. But historically, it's not much of a correlation at all. People, We can tell when it's live and when it's not because we've just watched it so much. We know the differences, what to look for. The average viewer who's watching cannot – Tell or doesn't really even care whether it's live,
1: which is weird because I would think more than anything, the AEW audience would like the hardcore fan would care that it's live and that they're going to be surprised.
0: Yeah, the hardcore fan cares, in yeah, definitely. But and listen, I'm talking about when I say hardcore, I mean the hardcore of the hardcore. So the viewing audience, let's say a million people watch AEW, uh, 500,000 people, 400,000 people, Rampage's audience of those people. Not too many of them are going to – it's going to increase if it was live. Most of those people don't really care in terms of it being live.
1: So uh, Nyla Rose versus Maddie Rinkowski, guess how that went. Nyla won quickly, very quickly. quickly. Uh, QT Marshall and Aaron Solo out there to present a certificate to Hook.
0: I like this. I thought this is perfect. I thought this I was fearing that they were gonna have Hook talk and they were gonna do something silly. Just went in there, you know, did his thing, busted uh Solo's head. I think QT Marshall is very funny as a heel, um, in terms of being entertaining. And then he didn't get cursed by Danhausen. He's no soul Danhausen girl. Listen, you can no soul to, you can no sell tombstones. That's okay. You know, sell that Danhausen curse. Now I don't believe it's real. Yeah. Um
1: Danhausen versus Hook. That's a few don't want to see.
0: Sure, that'd be so wild. That would kind okay. It sounds good on paper, but it's kind of oil and water, and it it's a little too much of a good thing. Because Hook's mystique is that he's just badass, and they make him a badass, but like in a kind of ironic way. But if you added Danhausen now, you're kind of blowing the whole thing open. What is the longest match
1: Hook has had so far to date?
0: I think the match against Q T. Marshall at Revolution. I think by far that was his longest. That was like an actual match where he had to sell. I think that was like a. I want to say like an eight or nine minute match. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think he needs to graduate to doing more meaningful feuds now.
0: Yeah. Slowly, but surely they need to bring him on to where one day he's going to have to chase for that FTW, or it could be the TNT championship, whatever uh, to where he slowly starts to increase his opponents, but they shouldn't do it too fast. Cause I think they're still pacing this well with hook.
1: I think maybe this is part. I want, I want a wrestling company that moves fast. I, I forget pacing. I feel like pacing is killing wrestling. <laughs> you
0: want, Well, if we, we're kind of spoiled in this era because in the era that we grew up in, it was like you had four pay-per-views, so everything had to be very slow. But, yeah, this is instant gratification. So in the social media era, I think people want to see it go faster. But you got to remember, Hook is very green. Hook, you oh, know, geez. people love reminding us like Jake Cargill's so green. Hook is right in that same boat where he's only had like a handful of matches and uh, so they really want to take their time bringing him along and make sure that he's ready for these certain spots. I just, If
1: I ran a wrestling company, I think I would institute, unless it was a WrestleMania feud, I would probably have a four-week rule max for any feud. And I would probably try and split people up into side feuds and have them come back together for the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, if they could do that and if they stuck with that, I think they, that'd be fine because then it would force them to have a beginning, middle, and end. So I think that could do them well. Yeah. So
1: how are you feeling about Swerve in this main event tonight?
0: I feel like it was a solid match for the separate but equal championship. But uh <laughs> glad that they, <laughs> it seems like AEW, that's one idea when it comes to us. Wow. Swerve was um, over. Swerve was a big star tonight. It looked good, but you
1: know. So, the so championship. So Alfred, is the reprieve over? I feel like. I feel Never. like you've been happy with recent developments in AEW. Oh,
0: no, I just call him like I see him. L- listen, yeah, when there was a time when it just seemed like there was no black people there. And it's like, hey, where are they? Why aren't we doing more with this? Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. slowly starting to come along. You know, they had the thing with Scorpio Sky. It's great that he won that title, but he feels like the co-champion. You know, Dan Lambert's out there calling himself the co-champion. Dan Lambert feels like the TNT champion in terms of this whole act because Scorpio Sky won the title. They immediately pivoted to Ty Conti and uh, Paige Van Zandt signing the contract. The next week, Scorpio Sky retained the title. They immediately pivoted to Wardlow doing his thing. Uh, So they're going to need to get going. The man's had 13 matches in 380 days. So hopefully, you know, they've already said he's not going to be doing open challenges, so that's fewer matches he's going to have yeah hopefully they have a long-term plan to make him a star but we'll see this feels like oh. dan lambert's championship
1: with swerve i think um yeah you can't have someone brand new come in as a hot signing and have them losing this quick
0: yeah i mean he's i mean i made a video a couple weeks ago like fearing that like hopefully they don't just throw him in the FCTW division like they do the rest of the black guys and that's exactly what they end up doing so maybe this is a rib on me uh but you know i hope swerve strickland is is to his full potential because these people love him and he does feel like a wrestler who's who's way more over than his push right now he's
1: very good and i thought this was a very good match but i absolutely think the wrong person won
0: yeah yeah it's very early and you know ricky starks doesn't need that title anymore they can have you know he's had that for long enough it doesn't even count it's not even a real champion
1: w is like about as legitimate a title as world's greatest grandpa i mean it's uh (laughs) like there was no pressure for him to defend that tonight you know, or have it be non-title and have Swerve go over. It's like, but I think he needs that main event win on Rampage, like at a minimum, to maintain momentum. But no, it, it, you're 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 absolutely right, though. That um, it is just a little demoralizing to have these sort of signings and this sort of focus, but not have it count the same
0: sure. um, in terms yeah. of
1: airtime or wins. Like Adam Cole wasn't losing this quick after he came on. You know?
0: Yeah. No, not at all. It wasn't this quick? It wasn't thrown into a division for a title that doesn't count. Uh, he was he was pushed like a star. And um listen, this isn't even in e- like listen, I love equality and all that stuff. This isn't me well. being magnanimous, and – Black culture is just cool. Wrestling is not gonna be mainstream again without black culture. You need the women, you need black culture, AW mm-hmm. struggling in both those areas. And listen, you can make a lot of money in wrestling by you know, having a small audience as wwe has shown us in negotiating these great economic deals with the streaming partners yeah you can make a lot of money in wrestling but you and i both know this is not mainstream their audience is getting smaller and smaller if you tell the random person on the street that you watch wrestling there's a stigma over it and it's just not mainstream it's not as mainstream as when it was in that hottest period when hulk hogan the nwo were appropriating black culture and doing it very well by the way
1: remind me when we get off the air to tell you something that could be perceived as wildly racist uh, and insensitive uh, that you just gave me a light bulb in my yeah.
0: head. As long as it doesn't end in an hour, Yeah, we'll have that. <laughs> no, not that. Not <laughs> that. Come on, we're having fun here. <laughs> no, that's not
1: where I was going I at you all. Would never, would never. It was just an observation. It was just an I, observation I, I had. It was I a wild idea air. that plays into something we were talking about off the air before. Oh. Uh, but but no, but that that is true though, right? It's like you need to triangulate your demographics. Um, to succeed with anything in this day and age. Think about hit movies and they call it like a four quadrant approach. It's like we've got this that appeals to this audience, you know, this appeals to women, this appeals to families, this appeals to kids, and this appeals appeals to like you know, young men with disposable income. Wrestling needs to be a four quadrant business if it's ever gonna scratch the surface of um where it once was. I think the problem is right now we're like single or like very small, very small portion of the potential fan base that they're catering to. And I would actually argue that by catering more to the hardcore fan, which AEW has done, like WWE, they're catering to the, like, let's not even talk about their demographics, but with AEW, they're catering so much to the hardcore fan that I think it's just, it's going to keep, to your point, it's going to keep shrinking their yeah. um, potential audience more and more.
0: Yeah, it's going to be more niche and um, like WWE was able to succeed that way because they have the library for it. They have the prestige for it and whatnot. But this streaming thing, I still think is a bubble. I think we're at the beginning of it and there's going to be money to be made off of these streaming services for years now. But I think we're going to get to a point where a lot of these streaming services just don't make it and there's not going to be this type of money. Uh, in streaming, and so your audience is going to matter. And my fear is, by the time we get to the point where that bubble bursts, WWE's audience is going to be down to the one million hardcore fans, and they're not going to be able to, uh, even though they've already made probably more money than they'll ever need to make, they might not be able to make that type of money if they don't have the streaming to fall back on.
1: Um, so I think with WWE, you hit the nail on the head because of the nostalgia factor in their library. They can make money. They can do stuff like this evil series. They can get stuff like the streaming deals. They could get by with an AEW size audience for their week to week programming. But the value of the company, it's it's like, look at MGM getting acquired by Amazon. MGM has no film franchises left except for James Bond. But they've got this massive library of intellectual property that has huge value. AEW doesn't have that. They're trying to build that more now with the acquisition of Ring of Honor. But they need to be in growth at all costs. In fact, you know, with startups and and I work with a lot of startup companies in my, in my day job and you will get investors and people that look at a startup and they will say, why aren't you spending more money? Why aren't you aggressively trying to grow? Why are you playing this so safe? Because if you take the slow approach, you're just going to get steamrolled by somebody else. Like you need to be very aggressive about expanding your eyes, expanding your eyes. At first and foremost, at the expense of, uh, the expense of profitability, because this is a yeah. long game. And with yes. AEW, like profitability, Tony Khan doesn't need to worry about profitability. Profitability shouldn't be on his mind. What should be on his mind is how can I get the biggest audience possible and then figure out how to monetize that and build the AEW
0: empire. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think he thinks he's doing that. And listen, we can't argue with results because they are a growing company. Uh, They're doing that on the backs, like we said, of like a lot of these hardcore fans. But I think idealistically, he would want this to be more mainstream. But we've seen even if you look at the amount of people who tune out after watching the Big Bang Theory, this AEW is not able to really capitalize on that big Uh, lead in audience that they've had. They're pretty much doing the same things numbers they were doing on TNT slightly lower, but around the same million viewers they were doing on TNT. We're not able to really grow that from the big bang theory audience because wrestling still feels very niche. You know, I've watched it all my life. I'll watch it forever, but it still feels very particular and very exclusive that it needs to kind of expand its horizons. Uh, I mean, they need to figure
1: out who's the big signing. I I think that all the signings they are doing now are very good. Um, like Anthony Winechat saying, what about Ember Moon showing up facing Jade for the TBS title? Like, yeah, that'd be great, but that's not going to expand the audience. I don't know that yeah. there's a talent left for them to get right now that's going to expand their audience with wrestling fans. They need to think about, like, what's a really hot storyline we could do. How can we build more talents and more diverse talents to, like, further flesh out um, our company and our, and our roster and get more eyeballs on the product? But I feel like... I feel like any further talent acquisitions, if they're just coming over from Ring of Honor Impact or WWE, it's just cast offs at this point, unless they're going to pony up, you know, a hundred million dollars to steal Brock Lesnar.
0: Yeah. And in terms of growing their audience through storylines, which I a hundred percent agree with, I think they're on the precipice of doing this with Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. I think this is one of these, AEW doesn't have enough relationship storylines, enough relation storylines that I think would appeal more to women, but I think. What's going on with Ty and Sammy that they have all this real life heat they can run with, like Edge and Lita? I think it could be dope.
1: Hold on, Anthony. I want to get back to this second because 89 the Brainchild just said the lead in show about nerds is less nerdy than the primetime.
0: <laughs> 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 Shout out to 89 the Brainchild. I love that. Holy shit. That's <laughs> friend good friend of the show. That's great. He's absolutely right.
1: Oh, man. So, Anthony was saying Hook versus Scorpio double or nothing for the TNT belt. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, you know, if maybe when ready to, to give it the hook, that's, that's when the next time we'll see Scorpio wrestle. But um, Scorpio not doing any open challenges. So I hope they run with Scorpio. We'll see. But, you know, AEW just uh, has to grow its audience. That's, that's all there is to it.
1: Yeah. So there you have it tonight. That was wrestling. This You know, talking about this, and again, this is the thing, man. It's like I have such a better time doing this podcast than I do watching a lot. Of this yeah. programming.
0: I do too, especially tonight. Nights like tonight where it's just kind of paint by the numbers. This is almost therapeutic. Yeah, seriously.
1: Uh, okay, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to tell uh, Alfred my crazy idea of yes. what I could see AEW doing. That would be super insensitive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait.
1: Uh, everybody, we'll be back uh, Tuesday with Isa. Oh, we got one more from Corey. Corey Trench, $5. AW Mark's going to be so mad at you guys want to punch their hand. Oh, that's a stereotype. <laughs> Come on. Who doesn't own an anime pillow? Yes. I don't, but you know. Me neither, but I could see myself getting one in the future. <laughs> Why not? You know? <laughs> uh, no, and AEW and, is very good for what it is. But again, are they trying to compete? Are they trying to grow the audience? Are they trying to become mainstream? Because if this is just Tony Khan's million viewer fantasy league to write off a bunch of his taxes, what a missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, he absolutely wants to be mainstream. He would not be in bed with Warner Media, it, you know. even if he doesn't, which he does. The Warner Media people want it to be mainstream. And and I think they're bullish on it becoming that way. But um, it's not going to happen by just doing... Pro wrestling's not going to have a boom on the merits of pro wrestling. We do not live in a world like that. It's just not how it's going to happen. That's not how even any... No show is able to get the audiences that pro wrestling would get consistently. But if it wants to grow that audience and who watches it, there's a lot that needs to change about AEW.
1: There you go. On that note, we will see you all Tuesday. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back uh, next time on the Wrestling Inc.
0: Podcast. Take care.